Good afternoon. We're back at Black, and I don't know where to start. I just don't know where to begin because there's just so much going on in the world. It's just, it's overwhelming. I have so many things that I want to talk about in the wake of last week where we talked about a tale of two cities, um, dealing with the Central Park weaponization of race by Amy Cooper, as well as the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And since then... All that happened on Monday, and here we are at Saturday, and um, we're bracing for a night of violence, according to um, Minneapolis officials, Minnesota officials, because since Monday we've had we've had protests steadily grow in Minneapolis, across the country, and indeed around the world, and the uh, officials of Minnesota came out this morning during the Joy Reid show on MSNBC, um, linking arms. And by that, I mean they managed to pull in some black officials to lend legitimacy to the violence that they intend to perpetrate on the protesters tonight. So the black and white officials came out very strong. And the story, um, they were all consistent in telling it. And uh, their story was that there are people who are coming into Minnesota. And these are the people who are violent um, who are burning and who are l- looting the cities of uh, Minneapolis, Lansing, and St. Paul, and so forth. And they're saying, we're very sure it's not the people of our cities. It's these, wait for it, outside agitators. Does anybody remember that phrase? Is it ran a bell? Right? That's what they call Martin Luther King and most of the black people who participated in the civil rights movement in the South because as the local officials would come out and say, we know it's not our Negroes that's out here doing this. They're good. Meaning our Negroes are too afraid to come out here and do this. So it must be some out-of-state agitators when quite often they knew exactly who it was. Anyway, Minnesota officials, can you believe it or not, are using that term, outside agitators, which is seeped, just steeped in, in racism, in a, in a history of pain, in our civil rights movement, that, but they're using it to try and garner support for now bringing in an extraordinary number of National Guard to supposedly control the crowd. Because you see what happened Friday night is when they sent the National Guard out there with the protesters in Minneapolis attending, uh, attempting to control them. Those protesters actually pushed the police back and the police wound up running and abandoning, I suppose, property which some people then burned and looted, or looted and then burned. So um, their response this morning, or as they get up Saturday morning, is to bring out 13,100 National Guard to try and control the crowd. So this is where the term outside agitator is coming in. It's coming in to justify the behavior and the violence that they want to perpetrate on these um, protesters, which is so sad. Um... So we have that. Um, we also have Minnesota officials with another story saying that there's chatter on the dark web or the internet about um, these alt-right groups, uh, Boogaloo Boys and so forth, that are saying, let's go to Minneapolis and get our loot on. Now is our time to burn and smash things. And so there's this chatter that supposedly there are alt-right groups that have infiltrated this protest movement over the death of this black man and are coming into towns and participating, but in a way to do harm and to bring um, 
disfavor upon the protesters and the movement. So I'm not sure how I feel about that either um, and how much credence we can give to that. But that that's one of their stories. Um, and then you have uh, the fact that there's only been one charge brought against an officer, and that's Derek Chauvin, and that's a third-degree depraved murder heart I'm sorry, a third-degree depraved heart murder charge. And there are still three other officials who were involved in this particular incident for which we have heard um, the police prosecutors come forth and say nothing about. And uh, basic, if you know anything about law, you've been around, you've even watched Law & Order, you know that if you're involved with somebody in the commission of a felony, what do you get hit with? You get hit with a felony murder charge. There's the answer to that. And that means it doesn't doesn't even mean that you uh, were intending to drive the getaway car and somebody got shot, but you were there for the robbery, you were participating, that's it. Here, they may not have been intending for Mr. Floyd to die, as Derek Chauvin may not have been, but you sat there and watched in what was a depraved heart murder, an extremely reckless act that he kept his knee on the man's neck for another three minutes after one of the... Uh, your fellow officer said he's not breathing, that's a felony murder charge. It's very simple. There's not a whole lot that has to be done there to get to that resolution. So we're still waiting to see what happens to those three other officers and why they have not been charged. And then, of course, there is the protest that we're dealing with. Um, So, um, you know, that some people are referring to as a riot which, you know, gets into this whole history of America. You know, um, I believe it was Dr. King and everybody's quoting him. And ironically, nobody is saying that he spoke this on the campus of the University of Minnesota. And I believe that involved the killing of a black man then also. And he said, you know, riot is the voice of the unheard. And so I don't understand why Minnesota officials, why government officials, why there are some people um, on Twitter and places talking about these are these people are looters, they're thugs, they're just people who want to steal. All of that could be true, but one thing we know is true, that in America, the black voice is unheard. The black voice is unheard. That's one thing. Number two, we know that America was founded on what? It was founded on violence. You know, the basic history of America was founded because of what? The American Revolution, why? There was a dissatisfaction with the govern, with the governing authority, England. They wanted to tax them without representation. England wanted to control them, but yet they had no representation. England wanted to take their stuff and tell them how much they were going to pay for it. They had no representation. They weren't voting. They had no say. So, where are we here now in America? We're black people. Our vote has been gerrymandered to mean nothing. We have a president who was elected by the minority, not the majority. So the electoral college is stealing our representation. So we are in, we pay taxes, am I correct? So are we experiencing taxation without representation? South Carolina, North Carolina, places like Mississippi. Mississippi is almost 40, 50 when it comes to race. Why should all of our officials on the federal level, except for a few, I mean, I'm talking about the senator and the majority, the state, the lieutenant governor, why are all of these people white? Because Mississippi has a system that not only do you have to win a certain percentage, but then you got to come back and win another percentage, a majority of that percentage. Designed to do what? 
taxation without representation. So this is not just about Mr. Floyd. This is about the revolution. And Gil Scott, as much as I love you, the revolution, it is being televised. So grab your cup of coffee or wine, whatever it is. That's your particular flavor. You know what my flavor is. I um, tend to enjoy a little wine. So come on back and um, let's talk about I Can't Breathe again. How do you feel safety-wise? Are you, do you feel okay? I mean, being black in America, you, I mean, you're already born dead. So, I mean, none of that, I mean, you know, uh, you know, it, do, I, do I feel safe? No, not really. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, part of that not feeling, part of that not feeling safe is, is why a lot of us are coming out here for this stuff and endanger our lives and protesting, you know, what's, what's the point? We're already not safe anyway. So we might as well, you know, we already now say we're going to make some noise, but... I can't breathe. I mean, just listening to that young man say that, uh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe again. So, there is no other topic for this week's um, episode. You know, it encapsulates the problem of being black in America, what we deal with, and how Mr. Floyd's death appears to be the spark that is going to ignite the powder keg of over 400 years of systemic racism and police brutality in America and shut it down forever. Let's get started. Here's the thing with policing in a racist society. It is fundamentally going to be a problem. We know that police in America, in fact, is, a, is an offshoot from the Knight Riders of the South that were used to capture runaway slaves. And then after slavery ended, they were used to terrorize black people in the South in the wake of the Civil War and keep them in line. You want to complain against, your, against the person who's laying you a sharecropping on? I don't think so. Here come the Knight Riders. To, to encircle your house, burn what crops you have, pull your wife out and rape her. So, you know, the whole policing aspect of America and the fact that this is what it hails from is a problem. I mean, the whole institution has a racist foundation. And so, what has grown from the racist foundation, I mean, you plant seeds of racism, what are you going to get, right? More racism. So somehow over the years and throughout the entire country, police believe that their primary job is to police the black community. They police view it primarily as their job to control black people. And they think that if they control black people, if they police us for the most part, policing is done in America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Like, Americans are not killing, white Americans aren't killing each other. I mean, you know, you have more white Americans killing people than anybody because there just are more of them. 
serial killers, whose race do they belong to? We're not going to go down here and enumerate and try to compare and contrast the amount of crime committed by blacks as compared to whites. But let's just say you cannot police all of America by policing black people. And in fact, you're going to allow a lot of crime to escape if you make that stupid mistake. And of course, it's being made over and over again. Um, so, of course, communities come up with stupid things and stupid things happen. We've had, um, what was it, the Bloomberg stop and frisk? And I know it's not his stop and frisk. It existed before him and other communities had it, but he took it to another level when he went to an organization and said, just Xerox a picture of a young black men and pass it out and there you go. You probably got the perpetrator of over 90% of your crime. You don't believe he said it? He said it. Here it is. Here's a clip. You can listen. no wonder that we end up with a disproportionate number of black people imprisoned and killed by police forces. But let's back up for a minute. It's not just the police that is the problem. It is the system that led to the creation of such an institution. People are protesting, not just seeing George Floyd on the ground being murdered by the police and brought up in daylight. But people are protesting the over 400 years of white America's foot on the neck of black people. George Floyd is us. People are protesting the systemic racism that continues to deny black Americans the birthright of every American, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. We are still living into Americas. Listen to the governor of Minnesota. 